we don't want to hold you because we know that you've got a lot to do today. <laughs> and so if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to a very familiar passage of Scripture uh, that is found in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter number 3, verses number 5 and 6. I want to read it for your hearing, and then I want to have a word of prayer, asking God's blessings upon our time together. But I want to read it for you. First of all, reading from the New International Version of the Scriptures, you will find these words. Solomon is our writer, and he says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In fact, NIV says, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. I want to read it one more time for you, but I want, to, want you to hear it from another translation of God's word. The Good News translation puts it in this way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Never rely on what you think you know. <laughs> Did you hear that? Never rely on what you think you know. Remember the Lord in everything you do, and he will show you the right way. Let us pray. Father, as we come to look at your book one more time, we thank you for this day that you have made. We thank you, Father, for bringing us together all across the airways, uh, from those who are watching us in this city and those who are watching even beyond the gates of Houston, Texas. God, I pray that the spirit of the living God will fall fresh in this place and upon me as we open up your book, God. Speak to our hearts this day. Help us, God, to behold, to see, the marvelous truths that are written in your law. And we'll be careful to give your name to praise. In Jesus' name, all of God's people said amen. amen. Say amen one more time. Amen, amen. We began a new series on last week entitled Seeking Him in, uh, in Uncertainty. And you can testify that we are indeed living in uncertain times. I mean, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out that things are, are not as they used to be. In fact, uh, you, you can look around, peep out your window, and you can discover that we are now living in a new normal. Uh, you can't go where you used to go. You, you can't do what you used to do. You can't even see who you used to see without there being some repercussions and consequences. The truth of the matter is, my brothers and sisters, we're living in an unparalleled and uncertain time. Things are different. I said things are different. And the thing that is most scary, uh, most of all, is uh, who do you trust in times of uncertainty? We asked the question last week, can God be trusted? And I believe we should have walked away with uh, an affirmative because in our heart of hearts, we should be able to understand that no matter what we encounter, no matter what we face, God is a trustworthy God. And so this morning, I want to put a tag on this text, and I want to talk about 
a trustworthy God. Can you say that with me? A trustworthy God. In fact, if you're on Facebook or you're on YouTube or you're watching from the Connected Fellowship webpage, I, I want you to just type that in right now, a trustworthy God. Because the truth of the matter is, my brothers and sisters, God can be trusted. I said he can be trusted. And he can be trusted for three reasons. I want to give these three because I might just get happy all by myself and might not even get a chance to get back to, to this thing. And so God can be trusted for three reasons. Number one, God can be trusted because he is divinely deputized. <laughs> I said divinely deputized. I'm going to come back and unpack that in just a minute. But then secondly, he is not only divinely deputized, but he is also divinely different. It's right here in the text. He's divinely different. But then thirdly, he is also divinely dependable. Can I unpack this text for you, Solomon? is giving instructions to his children. In fact, he's giving instructions to his sons in particular. And Solomon, in verses 1 through 10, shares with them five powerful principles. In verse 1 and 2, he advises them, forget not. He says, forget not. Whatever you do, forget not. Whatever you encounter, forget not. When you are facing uh, uncertainty, forget not. But then in verses 3 and 4, he informs them to let not. Not only does he say forget not, but he also says let not. In other words, no matter what you have to deal with, there ought to be some things that you ought not let get to you. <laughs> but hold on. But then in verse 7 and 8, Solomon demonstrates for us that we ought not, we ought to do not. Y'all didn't get that, did you? Can I go over one more time? Verse 1 and 2, he says, forget not. Verse 3 and 4, he says, let not. Verse 7 and 8, he says, do not. But wait a minute. In verses 5 and 6, he instructs us to lean not. <laughs> Solomon wants his sons and even his daughters to be equipped to manage the uncertainties of life. And my brothers and sisters, uh, uh, life is full of uncertainty. Can I get a witness here? I said life is full of uncertainty. We don't know what's going to happen next. We don't know what's, uh, what to do next we, because life is full of uncertainty. I wish I had a praying crowd in here. That, 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 that somebody here ought to be able to testify that, that, that life, uh, in life there are some ups and downs. There are some hills and there are some valleys. There's rain and then there's sunshine. One day you got a job and the next minute you're unemployed. One day you've got a paycheck and, and the next day you're wondering how you're going to make ends meet. One day you're healthy and the next day you're sick. I'm trying to tell you that life is uncertain. Life is full of uncertainty. One day you're in love and the next day you're out of love. I said life is full of uncertainty. You can say amen. You can type amen whenever you get the opportunity because I know I'm talking to somebody because life is like Houston's weather. You, you don't know what to expect. You don't know how to prepare for it. You don't even know how to dress for it. The only thing that's certain is uh, uh, in, in a moment, in a few days, the heat is coming. That's the only thing about Houston's weather that is certain. You can, be, you can count on the fact that the heat is going to be on the way. But the question is, when I find myself in uncertainty, 
Can I still trust God? I've discovered, my brothers and sisters, it's easy to trust God when all is well. It's easy to have faith when the family is fine. It's, it's easy to believe in God when the bank account is full and the bonuses are rolling in. I said, it's easy to rely on God when our relationships are rich and rewarding. It's easy to hope in God when everything is heavenly. But is God trustworthy when everything is uncertain? When life seems to be unclear, when situations are unsettling, the question is on the table, can I trust God? And the, 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 the ongoing debate is, is God trustworthy? Today, my brothers and sisters, marks the start of what the Christian tradition calls Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday marks the beginning of the Holy Week. It's, it's the day that leads toward Jesus' crucifixion. It's called Palm Sunday because when Jesus made his triumphal entry into the city of Jerusalem, the crowd got excited about his coming because they heard about his power. They, they heard about his healings. They, they heard about his ability to heal the sick and to raise the dead. They heard about how he took just a few fish and five loaves of bread and fed a multitude. They heard about how uh, they saw the disciples struggling in a boat on a stormy sea, and here comes Jesus walking on the water towards them, and not only does he rescue them, but he calms the storm, and then he tells the sea to lay down. They, they, they saw Jesus. They saw, they saw Jesus coming into the city, and a celebration broke out. They started waving the palm branches, and they, they started waving the palm branches, and they started laying them at his feet uh, as he rode into the city on a donkey. And, and somebody hollered out, Hosanna, and somebody else called on and said, Hosanna. And before you know it, the whole crowd is saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The Bible declares that they celebrated. And, and is there anybody in here and who's watching live know that life is uncertain and even when it is uncertain, you can still celebrate. Uh, because I want you to know something happens in the, even in the midst of this uncertainty. The same crowd that, that celebrated a few days later was crying out, crucify him. And I discovered something. I discovered something about trust and that is trust is expensive. Oh, I wish I had more than one amen than that. I heard Elder BJ say amen, but, but I know somebody else in here can testify that trust is expensive. Trust is costly. Can I get at least one witness? There ought to be some wife or some woman who's watching who knows that trust is expensive. There ought to be some husband or some man who's watching who knows that broken trust is costly. Somebody said that the most expensive thing in the world is trust. It takes years to earn it, and it takes just a second to lose it. And that, that's, why, that's why, my brothers and sisters, you can't trust some people. <laughs> I wish I had some help here. I said, I said you can't trust some people. I'm going to say it so my neighbor can hear it. You can't trust some people. Because somebody watching knows that the human capacity is to trust is not equal all the time. You, you can't expect trust from cheap people. 
Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. If I was standing up, I'd holler right about here. I say, you can't trust. Uh, you can't expect trust from cheap people. I got to say that one more time. You, you can't expect trust from cheap people. No wonder you're feeling some type of way because you've been putting your trust in people who can't pay the cost. And trust, my brothers and sisters, is expensive. Trust will cost you something. And somebody watching here this morning has felt the sting of betrayal. Somebody under the sound of my voice knows what it means to be double-crossed. Somebody knows what it means to be cheated on and sold out. And my brothers and sisters, that's why you can't trust some people. But you can. I said you can. I said you can. I said you can trust God. You can trust God in uncertainty because I'm about to shout myself happy right here. Because trust was bought on a hill called Calvary. God secured our trust with his blood. That, that's, that's why we just, that's why trust is expensive because Jesus purchased it, not with billions, but he purchased it with blood. That, that's why you ought to thank God for the blood. I say that's why you ought to thank God for the blood because, because of the blood, my brothers and sisters, my sin debt has been paid. Because of the blood, I'm justified. Because of the blood, I'm forgiven. Because of the blood, the Bible says in him we have redemption. How is it? Through his blood. And what did we get? We obtained the forgiveness of sins according uh, to the riches of his grace. Because of the blood, I've been declared righteous. You ought to thank God for the blood. That's why the songwriter said, I thank God for the blood that came streaming down for me. It was the blood that made the difference at Calvary. Another songwriter put it this way. He said, what can wash away my sins? He said, nothing but the blood of Jesus. What is it that can make me whole again? He said, nothing but the blood of Jesus. It was the blood of Jesus that purchased my trust. And I want to suggest this morning that there are perhaps two reasons why trust in God is uncertain uh, in, in uncertain times. Number one is we have unrealistic expectations. You see, you can't Trust God if you're living, if you're believing uh, uh, unrealistic stuff, if you've got unrealistic expectations about this God that we serve. And I'm convinced that some of us uh, have convinced ourselves that life should be fair. Would you, would you help me for a minute tell your neighbor life ain't fair? I said life ain't fair. Brothers and sisters, life is not fair. And some people have convinced themselves if they tithe and if they serve and if they give and if they uh, minister and if they do right and, and give right and live right and act right, if they do this and if they do that, as if sometimes they are exempt from the troubles of life. Maybe they think they're exempt from life's unfairness. So when trouble comes, when tragedy strikes, when COVID knocks on your door, when coronavirus is in your city or in your community, when we get furloughed and foreclosed on or the fire strikes our building, uh, some of us think that, uh, oh my goodness, that when children go astray and when sickness comes and when bills start stacking up, we get mad at God. 
And then we shake our angry fist at, in his face and declare, I knew I couldn't trust you. Mm, we stop trusting God because of unrealistic expectations. But can I encourage somebody in here today? If life throws you lemons, catch some <laughs> and make some lemonade. I'm going to try one more time. I said if life throws you some lemons, you, you ought to catch some and make some lemonade. Because the Bible declares that he lets the sun rise on the evil and the good. He lets the rain fall on the just and the unjust. Don't let unrealistic expectations stop you from trusting a trustworthy God. But can I give you another reason? Not only is it unrealistic expectation, but it is when we believe, when we adopt a victim's mentality. Oh, yeah, we act like we the victim. We play the victim card. You, you heard of the black card? No, no, this ain't the black card. This is the victim card. This, this is the card that says that you believe that no matter what you do, it's, it's already going to turn out for the bad. And so, so, so when, when you know that it's going to turn out for the bad, you withhold your trust. You withhold your trust because you've been hurt. You, you restrain your trust because the relationship went sour. You cover your trust because your cash dried up. Why, why trust when the outcome is going to be bad? What good is trusting when results won't turn out in your favor? They are, they are these kind of people are part of the crowd that says, ah, oh, I told you so. They, they're quick to blame, quick to make excuses, and slow in taking responsibility. People who come from the place of victimization don't see the necessity of trusting God. But can't you hear Solomon? Can't you hear Solomon saying to the whole world, saying to us this morning, saying to all of us living in this time of uncertainty, trust in the Lord. How? With all your heart. And then lean not to your own understanding. He says, in all your ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct your path. I learned this text when I was a little boy uh, over there in that white uh, wooden building. Over there on the northeast side called Raw Terrace Missionary Baptist Church. Y'all don't know nothing about that. But, 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 but at Raw Terrace, you know, church was a little bit different. That, those were the days when, when you were in church all day. I mean, you went to church that Sunday school that morning, and you went uh, to, 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 to service that, that morning, and then you stayed over for afternoon service, and then you had BTU, y'all don't know about that, Baptist Training Union, and, and then you had to stay there for evening service. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. I mean, this was the time period when you were in church all day. But, but it was in BTU. When I learned this text, this was BTU when I had to be in the sword drill. Y'all don't know nothing about no sword drill. Sword drill was when you had your Bibles and your friends were lined up on the side of you. Your fellow disciples were lined up on the side of you. And, 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 and the moderator would say, fine, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. And you open your Bible up real fast and you flip over to Proverbs chapter 3. I know that some people didn't know their Bible because they would put their finger, their thumb in the text someplace. <laughs> Can I just pause here parenthetically and say maybe you're having problems dealing with uncertainty because you don't know the book. 
oh, but you ought to get to know the book because if you know the book, I'm trying to tell you the truth will set you free. But Solomon gives us three reasons, and I got to rush on. He says, he says that uh, the first reason we can trust God is because he's divinely deputized. Solomon says when you can't count on people, when you can't count on human connections, when you can't bank on and plan on cooperations, and when you can't trust in governments, the Bible says we can trust in the only reliable source. Notice what he says. He says, trust in not the bank. He says, trust in not your brother. But he says, trust in the Lord. The Bible says that we, he is the only reliable source. But let me rush on to number two, because you ought to trust in him because he's divinely different. Somebody say divinely different. You see, trusting God has to be worked out, listen now, in an arena where there is no boundaries. <laughs> can, I, can I unpack that for you? You see, the text teaches us that well, we are not to lean on our own understanding. My brothers and sisters, I did my homework. I did my homework on this text. And the own understanding, uh, experts tell us that the average human mind has 50,000 to 70,000 thoughts per day. Did y'all get that? The average human mind has 50 to 70,000 thoughts per day. That's one thought per second every hour. Look at your neighbor and say, that's a lot of thoughts. But another expert said 95% of our thoughts are habitual. In other words, we think about the same thought we thought about yesterday. Can I press my point? Experts also tell us that 80% of our thoughts are negative. Can I blow your mind? These same scientists inform us that our brains are designed to rerun, replay, and repeat negative experiences more than positive ones. Y'all going to make me work hard up in here. I say our brains are designed to repeat rerun and replay negative experiences more than positive ones. That's why Solomon encourages us to trust in the Lord and not to lean on our own understanding because Solomon understands that the truth of the matter is our thoughts cannot be trusted. Our thinking cannot be relied on. God said the reason you ought to trust in me is because, here it is, I hear him saying in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 89, he says, my thoughts are not like yours. And he says, my ways are different from your ways. And as high as the heavens are above the earth, so high as my ways and thoughts above yours. You ought to trust him because he's divinely different. Y'all ain't feeling me like I need you to. I say, God is different from us. I say, I say he's different from us. You see, God is so different until he is a God without limits. I said he's a God without limits. You see, our love is limited, but his love is limitless. Our sight is limited, but, but, but God, oh, yes, sir, God, God, God sees everything. He is omniscient. He sees all, and not only does he see all, he knows all. I said God is divinely different. 
our creativity is limited because we are human, but God is infinitely creative. I know some people who are creative geniuses. I, I got to say that again. I said, I know some people who are creative geniuses. They, we have some in our congregation. I, I've seen their work. I'm amazed at how they can transform a room from one thing and it looked like something altogether different. I, I said, they are creative geniuses. But, but, but can, I, can I just shout somebody right quick? The God we serve is so creative until, yeah, he stepped out of nothing. And, and he said to nothing, let that be. And, and that, that, that was not there before came into being. He said, let that be. And, and, and it just showed up. God is so infinitely creative until he told light to show up and hang out over there and light came skipping into place. Y'all ain't feeling me like I need you to. I'm going to go ahead and preach the thing anyway. God is so creative until he spoke the universe into being. God is so creative until he took some dust from the ground, formed it into a man, blew into his nostrils, and man became a living soul. God is divinely different. God is so different until he also possesses infinite provisions. Oh, my goodness. I said it's infinite provision. Somebody said that he is a, a self-sustained source of perpetual and perfect sustenance. Oh, y'all. I said, <laughs> he said he is a self-sustained source of perpetual and perfect sustenance. In other words, God is so self-sufficient. He is needed by all, but he's needful of no one. Oh, my God, y'all going to make me work hard in here. I say God is so self-sufficient until all of us need him, but he don't need none of us and nothing and no one outside of himself offers aid to him. That's why the songwriter said, I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour, I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. I come not because you're going to bless me. I come not because you're going to get me a job. I come not because you're going to pay my bills. I come not because you're going to put me in a relationship. But he said, but I come because I trust you. I trust you because you are divinely different. You're different from mama. Mama will let you down. You're different from daddy. Daddy might not be around. You're different from husbands and wives. You're different from boyfriends and girlfriends. You, you are divinely different. D.L. Moody said it this way. He said the best way to show that a stick is crooked is not to argue about it or to spend more time denouncing it. He said, but to lay a straight stick alongside it. Oh, y'all missed that. Oh, y'all missed that. Y'all missed that. I said, and you do know that God's word is a straight stick. That's why we need to read the word and meditate on the word and memorize the word and listen to the word and study the word. Why? Because the more time that you spend with God, the more you will find him to be trustworthy. Well, here's the third one. We got to get out of here. God is divinely dependable. I said, he's divinely dependable. You know, some years ago when my two daughters were little, we went to the local carnival. And they were excited to have the opportunity to ride the rides. 
And so we rode the Ferris wheel. You know, the Ferris wheel gave us a, a view of the city that you couldn't get from being on the ground. And they hopped off of that and they ran over to the gunslinger and the gunslinger was just a giant swing. And it allowed us to experience a temporary excitement, but I soon discovered that you can't stay on that ride all your life because something's going to happen to you. You know, you get sick with too much excitement. But my brothers and sisters, what captured my attention was an attraction called the House of Mirrors. Can you say the House of Mirrors? The House of Mirrors was just a sideshow. It was a room with a maze of mirrors. And when we walked into the house of mirrors, the first thing they did was they laughed and they giggled because they saw, here it is, distorted images of themselves. Wow. <laughs> they saw distorted images of I even laughed at what I saw because, because when you look into the mirror, some of the mirrors made your shape look tall. And then when you looked again at another mirror, some made your shape look small. And some of them made you look fat, and some of them made you look skinny. Some of them that made your shape look deformed, but deep down inside, no matter what I saw, I knew that wasn't the real me. Come on. Come on. <laughs> the truth of the matter is uncertainty causes us to look in the mirror of our reality, and it doesn't always show us the real thing. Uncertainty distorts the real view. Uncertainty casts the shadow of doubt on our present circumstance. Uncertainty wants us to see fear. Uncertainty wants us to be anxious. Uncertainty wants us to see doubt. That's why we need to look to the one who is divinely dependable. Because when we look at him, we see value instead of worthlessness. I said when we look at him, we see success instead of failure. When we look at him, we see intelligence instead of stupidity. When, when we look at him, we see competence instead of inadequacy. When we look at him, we see acceptance instead of rejection. When we look at him, we see confidence instead of insecurity. When, I said when we look at him, we see sufficiency and not I need more. But I got to leave you. But don't let the uncertainty of our present situation, nor some future trouble cause you to believe that the distorted interpretations of your life. You ought to be like David. David said in Psalms 121, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. And he will not suffer my foot to be moved. And he that keepeth thee will neither slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is the shade upon my right hand. The sun won't smite you by day nor the moon by night. The sun shall preserve thee from evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in. When? From this time forth. Wait a minute. And forevermore. So can I help somebody this morning? You ought to, yes, just spend some time trusting God. You ought to trust him because he is trustworthy. You see, if you're sick, trust God. Why? Because he's a healer. 
If you're unemployed, trust God. He'll make a way for you. The songwriter said, I've had many tears and sorrows, and I've had questions for tomorrow. And there have been times that I didn't know right from wrong. But in every situation, God gave me blessed consolation that my trials uh, come only to make me strong. The songwriter said, through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus, and I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon his word. So my brothers and sisters, when we are facing uh, uncertainty and unemployment and uh, indecision, uh, you ought to depend on God's word. God said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. So you can count on God to deliver on his promises. You see, when people let you down, God will never let you down. So you ought to touch somebody and say, trust God, because he is a trustworthy God. I said, trust God, because he is a trustworthy God. Y'all are feeling me like I need you to. I said, trust God, because he is a trustworthy God. And so can't you hear it? Solomon says, trust in the Lord. With all of your heart, lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways, now you can't run by that. You see, in all of your ways, see, we like to hurry up and get to the acknowledge him. No, 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 we got to trust him in all of our ways, not just in our conversation, but in our demonstration. We got to trust him in all of our ways. And listen to what the book says. And he shall. Oh, that means you can count on that. He shall. That means you can take that to the bank. Yes, sir. That is a check that's signed by his name that says unlimited. Yes, sir. And he shall direct your path. So we don't know where we're going. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But my brothers and sisters, I am convinced that I know who's holding our hands. God bless you.